Hi, this is Design Lota, the podcast where we talk about life as Indian designers. I'm Angie and I'm Sushi. Hey guys, can you believe that we have made it to 10 episodes? Oh yeah, wow. This has been so much fun so far. Uh, thank you all for being such great listeners. Uh so in our last episode we dug into all the aspects that make for a great design process. Today we are going to take a look around the room. What room? You know the spaces where we designers work out of. Well, that's not necessarily just a room, right? Yeah, you're right. And today we have with us two designers, Adrita and Karan from the very fun collaborative called Smarter Than a Waffle. Smarter than a waffle. Uh that sounds so quirky. Yeah, you should check out their work later. But for now we're going to have them talk about their personal experiences with spaces and how it's impacted their work. All right, let's do this. Hi Adrita and Karan, welcome to Design Lota. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves and what you've been working on? Hey Sushmita, I'm currently freelancing from home. I'm back in Bombay. At the moment I'm just finishing off some freelance projects by the year end so that I can work on something I really want to work on. Mm. Yeah, I'm planning to write and design a fictional newspaper, so that's on the schedule. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So I've stationed myself in Bangalore and I really don't know why but I'm currently shooting films for NGOs developmental organizations and all that as a freelancer and once I'm back from the shoots I also take up UIUX projects for various startups and companies but me and others are also toying with the idea of working together on projects under the name of smarter than a waffle It's really cool that you guys are continuing to collaborate much after college and as always I'm sure that it's going to lead to some really fun work So what got you guys here on Design Lota was a conversation that you two recently had right about how we never had a proper campus in college so for our listeners who did have a proper campus can you explain what exactly this meant so i think it was probably a year back that we had this conversation okay. but you know we were speaking about how we are missing college and even though we didn't have proper campus like most universities do we came back to this point that a lot of our work is still inspired from what shishti did to us because of not having one space as a campus but having like smaller spaces right so just as a background to how shishti's campus was at that time we had this old campus which was housing mm. aditi malya international school and us and then every campus that came after that would be called new campus new campus 1 new campus 2 new campus 3 and currently they are on new campus 5 got to stop somewhere <laughs> so, and this was in an area which is on the outskirts of bangalore and it's a small town and it's spread all over the whole area in yelanka like an amoeba <laughs> yeah sort of yeah but the roots of this conversation uh, for me like really go way back on our orientation day when some parents asked our director about the rumors about the new campus that we're going to shift in and she said yeah that is under construction and all students will sh- soon shift over there <laughs> and then we did not hear anything about that for the next 6 months and then uh, <laughs> uh, i was doing a film project and at that time uh, 
somebody said you had to go to the new campus which was called the taj mahal campus and i was expecting something <laughs> grand when i reached over there that happens to be yeah. a two storied house in a housing society <laughs> that's where all the cool film kids hung out and that was the new and then after that they got a campus called the new new campus which was a office building alongside a software company and that is how it got the name n2 campus and then it's n3 n4 and now it's n5 <laughs> it was kind of cool that we were around this software company like a design school right next to them such a contrast right yeah so i bet this all sounds pretty alien and not so relatable to most of our listeners do you think the system kind of created a unique identity for shishti students in some way uh, i think i still don't know how this happens but you know when you see someone in bangalore like somehow you know the person is from shishti <laughs> and then you see someone from nid and you just know it they are from there maybe it's something to do because of the way we were taught design or learnt it Okay. because i think that not having a proper campus to begin with we started to work more on community driven ideas whereas for people in nid which i visited recently i felt like all their ideas were more industry oriented mm-hmm. and for us it was mostly about how to go out in the open talk to people who we don't know much about and rather than you know pushing technology or your own skill it was based on observation or ideas that would be contextually important that's a really interesting point uh, what do you think about this karan about this topic i've been really confused because since we started in srishti we have been told of the underlying philosophy of srishti which was to embrace chaos and as cool as that sounds that thing was applied to perhaps everything in our college which was right from uh, ha- not having a proper stable campus to also not getting the course that you might like uh, but at the end of the course i did not feel that was a lot of fact but that a lot of reality embedded into it uh, but i also feel that if we had a traditional campus we would not have been as resourceful as we were without having a campus that's true like i think it's a different kind of skill that we were taught hmm. so i think that being said <laughs> I think Shishti contributed massively to the local economy of that area <laughs> and that is still very much evident because every time I go to Yalanka I see many new shops in fact it's really hard to recognize the old ones that we were used to and uh, so Yalanka kind of went from being a small town of local people and yeah. retired army people to being like a self-sufficient town on the outskirts and i think a lot of it was because shishti students not just mm-hmm. studied there but they were living there so yeah. their lifestyle and the lifestyle of the locals kind of had to intermingle at some point so unintentionally this whole space of yalahanka and the area around shishti kind of grew into a university town of sorts right i know that sounds really fancy but you know all that's missing is the fancy names for each <laughs> building like if you go to any of these big universities they have like the jawaharlal yeah, nehru yeah. building i think like just staying in a place like yalahanka which had such a different culture from where a lot of us were from 
which is from big cities or like bigger towns we all came from well to do families with like very few restrictions and our own liberal ideas of how we can wear whatever we want and like be out at night and uh, so we were still stuck with all this ideological bullshit <laughs> when we reached so we want used to a lot of this uh, safety issues or the language problems that might have come up uh, moral policing was kind of new to us but over time the more we spoke to the locals and tried to understand where it was coming from and by the end of four four and a half years we also sobered <laughs> down i really think that every june when the new batch moves in the locals go through a yet another level of culture shock yeah. and that culture shock rises in scale every june it's like a new trailer getting released <laughs> we thought this batch was bad <laughs> check out a new batch <laughs> batch of 2017 so i have some fond memories of the paying guest system where all of us stayed what, what about you guys yeah i, I really enjoyed my stay in yalanka and that i think would never have happened if i was living in a hostel yeah. i got to share a big bungalow with a terrace with like minded friends and i had greenery all around so mm-hmm. the pg system kind of made me feel a bit closer to nature to street dogs and <laughs> the houses in yelahanka were so colorful and unique that it made me look at architecture in a completely new way and i think that in a way if if shishti had ever planned to design a hostel that would have never made the process so immersive i think we got to like live in houses that were owned by people from there and mm-hmm. what they considered aesthetically pleasing <laughs> my room was a bright orange covered walls on all four sides at one point and you know there must have been someone who thought wow this is a great idea this is great design and it was okay like like i would never live in a bright orange room again so the orange days are over <laughs> the orange days are over yeah the entire house was like an ice cream i really felt that like half of our time was spent over there and half of our college life was due to the pg system yeah a lot of our work came from there like like we would have feedback all the time because we stayed so close by oh that's so true after a point i lost the entire boundary between who's a film person who is not yeah. if i'm working on a project i would literally ask anybody for advice so right. it did not need to be a particular person from my discipline but any discipline living in the next house yeah everyone matters as an audience to your project mm. we would even take feedback from like pg owners or like you know kiran bhaiya <laughs> the security guard <laughs> and not just as an audience right but also as like participants yeah, so when true. you had a film project or something yeah. then you had a house you had <laughs> the people all you had to do was just like start the camera yeah so many times i think a lot of the photo photography projects which all of us i think ended up doing were based out of people we knew True. dress them up as people <laughs> and take a photo in the house yelanka was quite photogenic as well it was kind of like very colorful buildings on a barren land or sudden parks everywhere so. <laughs> i think we 
we made the deal with the devil like we had to we had to give up a campus yeah. to get a really nice place to live in with huge parks and trees that's like a t-shirt quote <laughs> so do you think this whole idea of not having a campus influenced any of your projects directly so we had this one project and we had this very famous scenographer karen butcher who had come to shishti we were looking for a space where we could exhibit around 20 projects and we were like okay that's definitely not happening on campus and we found this abandoned housing society wow. it was like right next to our campus all this while and so it kind of established the idea that space is all around you like you just need to go there speak to someone ask for permission and do it and this was a really good space for us because people thought about this space as being haunted or like there were some crazy ideas for that exhibition at that time so that way we looked beyond the fact that we didn't have a campus and it led to a lot of good things so me and rutuja created an upside down room inside one of the rooms there so we kind of wanted to build a dystopian uh, sort of uh, atmosphere as soon as a person enters they feel like okay the whole room has tilted i remember going to the sunday market in the city and our budget was 500 rupees we bought an old fan curtain um, hangers we bought an old clock everything within that 500 and set up the whole thing and the only things shrishti had to give us was one ladder <laughs> and that's it like you know that was our investment <laughs> or infrastructure for this so one of the projects i personally fondly enjoyed was working with uh, sushmita's friends from church fred and his bunch of friends from uganda and we did a small live video mixing course where we went for a couple of days or maybe 3 to 4 days and we hung out with fred and his friends and took a lot of small videos with them and mixed it with a bunch of graphics and music and uh, had a visual dj gig at the mg road metro oh, station wow. so was it fascinating to see what the difference was between their space and you oh, know absolutely their, their that was a different college and a different locality so that's that locality is very different from yelahanka right absolutely it's a little further away from yelahanka towards the airport and away from bangalore and uh, while i thought yelahanka was remote where they were living was even more sparse i don't think if i was living in the city i would have been able to like you know make the trip all the way outside and meet them and i was able to meet them for a week or so and we stayed in touch since then i don't know i don't think i could have experienced that slice of life if i was living too far away so as students we also got to do a lot of outstation projects right is there anything that stays in your memory one that jumps out for me is my diploma film always when i think about college i i shot it in kutch and uh, i am from gujarat and i have not been to kutch before but when i finally went to shoot my diploma film over there uh it was three of us who were left in the middle of nowhere with very little equipment <laughs> and around 20 days to shoot a film basically it was a crescendo for me at the end of the year at the end of the course where i had to go and shoot my film so i guess the last four years before it turned you into an excellent jugadist right <laughs> <laughs> for sure <laughs> that should be on your resume <laughs> give me any project i'll jugad the result for you you got it for you <laughs> you got it man <laughs> uh but when we were in kutch especially that helped because 
we had very little resources we felt stranded but then uh, eventually what ended up being the film was our own exploration into quite an unstructured format of a documentary so if i were to stretch it a bit then i would say that embracing chaos did help me over here i actually like how unstructured documentaries usually tend to be more artistic and they don't really lead the viewers thoughts like unlike an ad film or something that really happened to us because uh, even if coming from elanga we were definitely coming from an urban background and uh, when we reached in kutch we had this idea for documentary we wanted to make hmm. but we ended up making something entirely different entirely unstructured because if we were to be true to ourselves when we were over there then we would definitely say we do not understand much of this but we need to explore this territory definitely Hmm. I think a lot of smarter than a waffle work every time we planned something that never worked out <laughs> and whatever happened like whatever ideas or films that we ended up making happened by accident yeah. because like mm-hmm. we happened to have a camera at that time and we were in that space but one of the experiences i really specifically cherish is the chikmangalur natural building course So I think all three of us got into that course but Adrita had to back off after the first yeah. <laughs> my leg had a broken toe but if you had been around I mean it was uh, dropped it in <laughs> oh yeah we love to do that anyway but uh, <laughs> being away from the entire campus city was really a great refreshing break for me it was just a month long but i still can recall we had to live away from civilization away from network i know more than 7 or 8 people at once so do you think you had any creative ideas or were you inspired to take up any new explorations during that course well not really but i would attribute that small trip to really realizing that i love traveling and one of the major reasons why i wanted to shift back to documentary filmmaking was that i'll be able to travel again and that's exactly what i'm doing right now and half of the reason why i would not want to give this up is the travel so uh, adruta sorry you had to miss out on this <laughs> experience but then you had some other really interesting <laughs> travel experiences during college right uh, you went on an exchange program yeah. and then more recently you went on a fellowship right so how did it feel to be working in a foreign space on projects that were not centered around a yellahanka or an indian right. context so i was traveling abroad for the first time and not just that but getting to see university life the way you know it's shown in movies and i was living in student housing mm-hmm. and interacting with the people who who had been born and brought up in sweden but that kind of interaction was a quite a different one i think one of the reasons could be because scandinavian culture is so much more independent or less community driven as compared to india so okay. the idea of diversity kind of gets into you and you start looking at your work with the point of view that what if it doesn't make sense to someone who is not from india you know what if it's offensive to someone who's not from india so i think working in a foreign space really helps you in a way that you start realizing more things that are derived from your own culture like we don't know that we have an indian accent until like someone tells us otherwise otherwise we are like yeah we are from cities you know urban people we don't have accent what accent <laughs> but i think it was a very good experience in general to see how uh, life at shrishti was as compared to 
a different country but a very similar philosophy of chaos being followed at the same university so after graduating you both have worked at studios and very corporate offices right <laughs> yes and i'm sure that was a very very different culture there mm. as well so what did you think of the work environment both physically and culturally so one of the things i realized was like i really don't like white light <laughs> like it just kills all creativity in me <laughs> if i look at white light i just think that life is bad <laughs> rather live in an orange room right yeah 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 i'm probably my eyes were affected by that orange and now you know they just want to be in yellow light all the time i think the most effective lighting for working would be natural light for yeah. me i just love working when it's like slightly sunny but not very hot <laughs> <laughs> and as humans you can you should stop working after sunset Yeah. Stop working yeah. after that. <laughs> after that, yellow light. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I was working at a company that had a not restrictive but a limited space for all of us in the design studio, and there was no space where I could go and think of ideas or discuss them with people. And I think most of our best ideas came when we were just. relaxing on the terrace or like you know with friends without the pressure of creating something great uh, so i was working as an interaction designer before this in a startup in mumbai right and i was one of those designers who was working alongside a lot of tech people in the marketing people and the business development people so us designers like to feel special yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when you're in a corporate setup with a bunch of teams working alongside you on the same thing I think it's very hard to get concessions over there for your special needs <laughs> so to say but then it was really impossible for us to design an interface for the app and the web sitting in the really cold air conditioned office of a startup <laughs> and just being like you know around the same people at the same desk all the time yeah. so then me and my colleague who was the only other designer in that office I think we designed pretty much 90% of the entire app and the website sitting in the smoking area outside the office mm. and the rest 10% I think we designed in a bunk bed that we took over and that became the design studio a bunk bed was lying around in the office for the longest time the product manager over there and the CTO of the company would come hang out with us at the bunk bed and that was our meeting for the design team so somehow or the other we tried to adapt to that really metallic environment of a corporate office with that also you also get to work with a real life environment where it actually matters and that really affects your design yeah i think temperature also matters a lot so right much. with with respect to space because like sometimes you know if the ac is just too cold you can't work <laughs> <laughs> and like if it's too hot you can't work sometimes yeah. your body needs to be at peace so yeah exactly <laughs> you're sweating like the pig when you're in a humid area right you just have to relax in one corner and like wipe your face a lot before you enter so that you know you just look poised <laughs> for that matter like i must say that bangalore is the best place for designers to work <laughs> because of the temperature i think pune weather is also yeah, good that's true See, I can't figure out. You know, is is the temperature? Is it the city? It's definitely not the city. 
but is it like everybody being in bangalore that is bringing more people to bangalore yeah it could be yeah it's like a gravity effect yeah yeah true or just coincidence <laughs> so fast forward to present day uh, right now both of you are freelancers hmm. so where do you currently work out of what's your setup so i had to recently shift back to bombay after my fellowship got over and so i thought hmm. i could take this time to save some money and freelance instead of taking up a job with a lot of commitment so because of that the space is quite restrictive and uh, i'm staying with family after probably 7 years so i need to plan my work hours and my space according to other people but i get to travel a lot since i can save money and i can attend more festivals or events uh in terms of space i think the biggest change is probably that i get to use the swimming pool every day so <laughs> i think a lot inside the pool that is probably the one time in my day when i get de-stressed and you know i make make like mind maps <laughs> while i'm inside the water <laughs> yeah with bubbles i'm like oh okay but yeah that's one of the spaces that has really helped out with respect to my work i've heard a lot of people come up with ideas in the <laughs> shower so for our listeners here's another option if you don't have a shower i mean i think everyone has a shower but if you don't want to waste water yeah just think about ideas of saving water while you're in the shower irony will like kill itself <laughs> <laughs> so what about your work current So yeah a lot of traveling is involved and i end up being in a different district of india every other day so i traveled in 10 states in the last 2 uh, months #wanderlust #wanderlust <laughs> <laughs> once i'm back in bangalore though i have to reorient myself to the civilization but when i'm not on a shoot i do take up a lot of graphic design projects which yeah. actually serves very nicely as a break from when i have traveled extensively so presently i stay in indranagar with a friend and we rent an apartment over there but i also made sure i stay in an area where a lot of friends are nearby because mm-hmm. of the fact that freelancing when you're staying at home becomes quite lonely at times oh yeah that is the thing with freelancing it's like when you have work nobody else has work and when they have work you have no work so it's so hard to sometimes coordinate you're like am i alone in this world or what Do you also feel like it's too quiet sometimes? So when I was working at that office, I did enjoy myself in the fact that I had a structured time when I would wake up, go to office and work alongside people. And right now, the house that I'm staying in and because I'm a freelancer, that's also my place of work. It gets really noisy. The dreaded Bangalore traffic makes it so. And I particularly have developed a hatred towards anybody who honks, and that has led to me wanting to write a script. about a serial honker who needs to meet a really bad ending <laughs> and like i won't have like shortage of muses for that uh, but then bangalore does provide you with a certain kind of peace uh, unless you're hearing traffic yeah i think the tone of your work also changes according to the space you work out of like when i was living in pune i realized that i had a lot of space like my house was huge but i wasn't feeling inspired in that space and on the other hand i feel like there's a serious lack of space in bombay there's a lot of traffic 
but even with that i feel like the city is kind of inspiring in its own way and i end up working more because of that this is like more material also to work with some way yeah there's more material and so i feel like the kind of work i am doing right now i get a lot of time when yeah. only i am free no one else is free so to kill that time i get to do some photography or do my own work that way i think like you know spaces are really inspiring in bombay do you think there's an ideal kind of environment for a designer or someone in a creative practice i think what we realized through our college days was that a lot of colleges focus on producing content and always you know coming up with ideas but we spend very little time consuming it ourselves like reading books so i think spaces like libraries and smaller areas where you can project movies uh, should be made with more thought and not just students but also for professionals because i think design students have a lot of opportunity to network within their classrooms and things like that for professionals i think it it gets more important to get feedback and be around people who are like minded as well so just spaces that don't burden you with the idea that you have to create something in that space but just to uh, put down your thoughts like read consume some content with you and your friends i think that would be great <laughs> so how about like the the shared workspaces that are now right. becoming a trend what do you think of those i went to a few of them okay and one of them in bandra was really fancy <laughs> uh, you know one cappuccino is like uh, 180 <laughs> bucks so <laughs> so you're like acha aaj ka payment to nahi aaya par cappuccino to mil gaya you know but yeah co-working spaces are nice i wish you didn't have to pay so much okay to be in one but i think so when i was doing the fellowship in spain right i found a lot of public spaces that were not designed for any particular use there were people there were kids skating there old people just sitting and watching i feel like there are not so many public spaces that enable people to sit there and do their work like all you need to do is put some plug points there or just keep a shade so that people aren't bothered by the sun hmm. keeping and it natural keeping it natural yeah you don't have to pay to be a part of the cult or something like you yeah. know and i think that kind of initiative the government should take but that's pretty impossible i guess like in a place like india so <laughs> yeah you never know i was forever looking at different co-working spaces to work out of i went to hmm. weworks and i went to different kind of places that have opened up in bangalore but then what i found is the amount of money they charge is just not worth it i guess they would claim that you can yeah. socialize but i'm guessing if everybody is working nobody has time to socialize especially when you're paying so much yeah and right. let's say i was just looking up spaces that i could go to without spending a lot of money somebody suggested i should go to the state mm-hmm. central library in bangalore and that never occurred to me like i could have thought about it for years and i would have never come up with the idea of working yeah. from a library and i have heard rumors of them having <laughs> wifi now 
so maybe that could feature as the newest yeah working space for people who want some peace and quiet yeah. Yeah. and some wifi i should definitely consider it yeah that's a great place to work or like socialize as well yeah it just needs to be in a space that where you feel comfortable working i guess different people have like different spaces that they find comfortable to be most productive but <laughs> Yeah, for me, libraries with like good lighting and air and Wi-Fi, just like not white lights, not white light, <laughs> just natural light. <laughs> I also feel like you know one of the major parts of uh, a good work environment would be getting your uh, tools right, or even yeah. having a good yeah. internet connection, having a good chair. All that just you know makes you be able to focus on what you have to do. Yeah, I think for me also like a lot of my. thoughts or ideas come while i'm traveling within the city yeah so like you know i don't mind that commute sometimes because i get a lot of time to think True. so sometimes you're not like even working working you're just passively thinking about something in the future and then you take out time and yeah. do it so i'd consider even that as like you know working yeah. so you can't really put that into like you know bracket saying this part of my life is me working towards a career and this part of my life is leisure and i think shrishti was a bit like that <laughs> you, we didn't know we were working you right now from hindsight you can say that yeah. there was a lot of working like, involved you know. which at that time felt like absolute waste of time yeah that was a lot of work <laughs> we were just cribbing but like <laughs> something came out of the cribbing yeah. probably <laughs> Yeah like in fact a lot of your smarter than a waffle work i think was based on cribbing yeah all of it was just cribbing <laughs> <laughs> so thank you guys for coming here to talk about your experience with space thank you for having yeah, us thanks and i'm sure that this is also some really cool input for all the spatial designers out there uh, just some stuff to think about when you're designing yeah, spaces yeah, yeah, for yeah. designers you can never be too picky <laughs> right so Yeah. So, uh, Karan, Adrita, where can our listeners find you and your work? Probably like our Facebook and Instagram, and of course, like Smarter Than a Waffle is going to be out next year. Look out for that coming yeah. soon. <laughs> <laughs> Website maybe. <laughs> hey, Angie. Hope you didn't space out too much. No, it's really cool to look at the space design relationship in all the various contexts that Adrita and Karan mentioned. It is, uh, you know, it's too bad that I never got a scoop of living on a proper campus, though. But you did, Angie. Well, actually, uh, the Bangalore NID campus where I studied. If you've seen it, Sushi, it's it's a small space. Uh, we ended up bumping into each other a lot more, and uh, we got an idea of what other people are working on. Oh. Um, Actually, this also caused us to engage with the neighborhood a lot more, and uh, it made the whole neighborhood part of our field work. And we even, you know, hung out a lot more out of campus. <laughs> really? Yeah. So I think we have something in common with our Trishti brothers and sisters in Bangalore. <laughs> I guess also that a less structured space makes for a less structured curriculum. What do you think? Uh, that point about embracing chaos was fascinating. It does seem absurd at first. But when you think about it that's what we as designers do on a daily basis right yeah. we take an ambiguous problem or a concept and just try to make sense of it and give it some structure 
and also i really like the point adrita made about being able to work just about anywhere uh, even say on a moving train or a bus as long as your mind is creatively absorbing uh, information i guess the old saying work while you work and play while you play doesn't really apply to us much yeah i also agree that uh, as designers we spend so much time creating for others but we spend very little time experiencing uh, it ourselves uh one way we can do that is to intentionally create better workspaces for ourselves what do you think you mean like the perfect clutter free ones that we see on instagram <laughs> you mean the impossible ones right <laughs> uh well i wouldn't want it to be so squeaky clean um that it becomes uh, synthetic or clinical right for example like adrita said about bombay how sometimes clutter can be inspiring Hmm. Also good lighting and ambience uh, can really affect your mood and your ability to think creatively. Yeah, I'm partial to big windows with trees outside and birds chirping occasionally. But they shouldn't chirp too often because then that becomes annoying. <laughs> <laughs> It can get a bit lonely as a freelancer, so I'm always playing some ambient video game soundtracks in the background. Did you know Sushi that there are places online um where you can play ambient sounds like for example a busy uh workplace or say a cafe? I would certainly approve of the cafe sounds. that and the smell of fresh coffee yeah that one you'll have to do on your own though <laughs> yeah uh in a few years probably you could have a robot that can actually make and serve you that coffee <laughs> uh this is getting a bit like ex machina right yeah creepy sushi but you need to embrace the future <laughs> <laughs> hey listeners what's your ideal workspace do you have a secret hideout you like to work out of Tweet to us at Design Lota, or even share some pictures with us on Instagram. Uh, why don't you use the hashtag #LotaSpace? Uh, that's L-O-T-A space. Cool. Let's do this. And you can find the transcript for this episode at designlota.com, and all the references are listed there too. Uh, so do check out Smarter Than a Waffle's YouTube channel and stay tuned for our upcoming episodes about life as Indian designers. Until then, bye.